0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Okay. Sissoko finally waited. Erickson low,
0: great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the rear, brilliant goal.
1: On debut, Tongue Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs.
2: Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North
1: London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Aurier! What a finish
3: for 3-2 from Serge
1: Aurier!
3: First to saw Kane. Good area for Spurs and Cage. not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Hurricane. That is exceptional. Will try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line. Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yun minson from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals
2: of his Spurs career.
4: Evening, people, and welcome back to another episode of the New Spurs Order podcast. Got a full house today. Some very rare faces on, on today's pod and some very regular faces. Let, let, let's go around the room. Um, I'm starting with Bunda Bex, a.k.a. Mr. MPC, a.k.a. X-Pack, a.k.a. Owen. How are you doing? A.k.a. the guy with
0: all the a.k.a.s. Yeah, I'm good. Very, <laughs> very good.
4: Yeah? Yeah. Any updates on the on the Insta page that that we we won't dive into today?
0: I I just uploaded and um, oh you have to check that out yourself. Fresh fr- fresh up, fresh upload, then. yeah
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: I'm trying to get on this yes, yeah, social media game. Not natural at all, but
4: okay. Fair enough. Um, Book and tea. What are you saying, man? It's a, It's been a week since since Jamaica. I'm surprised I've not seen yeah. you post any holiday blues Insta Insta story. <laughs> bro. you know
2: how you are. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. Don't, don't worry. I got I got something loaded up for you. Don't worry, man. Yeah, I bet you do. Worry, I bet bro. you do, bro. Don't worry, bro.
1: He
3: has
4: <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't have you done a holiday blues Insta story already? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that them. You know, like girls when they come back from holiday, and it's been like two days. <laughs> oh, take you back! Take, back. Maddie,
2: bro, take bro, you bro, back, please. <laughs>
0: Yeah, dunk, oh, uh,
2: you better kill me, man.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm
2: good, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm good.
1: Is, making sure I'm feet, you know.
4: all right <laughs> for those who are listeners, or well, you may recognise that voice <laughs> if you're if you're a regular listener from many many years back, or even some earlier episodes uh, so far this season. But that is Kevin Yash, aka Sy. um very rare, but more than welcome my parents on the pod. How you doing, bro? I'm
1: good, brother. I'm good, man. What is this light in the background? Did, they, did anyone just see that? Yeah. What I'm... the I'm... hell I'm... was that? Here yeah, for the vibe. See, sophisticated technology. You know the vibe. What the hell was that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. A-R, AR technology. Um,
4: <laughs> it's looking like a strip club over there, bro. Flipping Wait, hell, on, <laughs> man.
1: Club Mr. Chocolate City, man.
4: <laughs> <laughs> hey, and then, of course... Last but not least, we've got Ash. Ash, we still need to give you a nickname. I don't know what nickname we're gonna give you. I don't so know I what nickname yeah, I going.
3: think it's gotta be a, a wrestler, yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You pick one, you think and and, and and pick one. If you don't pick one in the next couple of days, we'll pick one for you and we won't be nice uh,
3: about you've it. You've got one loaded for him, don't worry. <laughs> is that is that the one that uh, you guys mentioned in the group? Yeah,
1: yeah. Conan, Conan. <laughs> <laughs>
4: All right, listen,
2: we're
4: here to talk Spurs, man, and I I feel like it's a positive mood, and I think that stems from the fact that Spurs have obviously won recently, very emphatic win, Um, we beat, our most recent win was against Newcastle, 4-1 victory at home to stop what was a sequence of horrific, in fact, maybe horrific is a harsh word, but a sequence of defeats at home, so three straight losses before that Newcastle game. The rot has been stopped, right? Um, I think we got like a busy agenda to get through. Um, obviously, going straight into the game, um, I want to talk on the changes that Ange Postecoglou made to the team. Um, si, I'll start with you on this as well. What were your thoughts when the the lineup came out, right? And you saw Birdman, you saw Sun out on the wing, Kulu in the turn, etc. What was your What was your thoughts on that?
1: Do you know what the, the the interesting thing about uh looking at team sheets nowadays is they don't fill me with anywhere near as much dread as maybe the conte error uh, mainly because i have confidence that the system takes more precedent over the personnel uh, so although pigeon is not my cup of tea uh, although like i'm not too too keen on this idea that in order for kulisovsky to be uh, effective he needs to be pushed infield I went into the game feeling like it made sense because you can rely on every role within the team. Uh, you know what to expect. So no matter who the personnel are, you, you can rely on the fact that the system is going to carry through. So I was quite confident.
4: Yeah. Same, same. I saw that team and I was like, you know what, I'm with it. Cause I think a lot of people question, Oh, why is Richarlison starting? Um, Son out on the left, we ain't seen him play out on the wing in ages. Um, I felt similar to you in a sense where like the system, I've got a lot of trust built in this system now because Angers, I think he's earned that trust with some of the performances we've seen in recent weeks, even when the team hasn't got the result in the end. Um, And I also felt that he had every right to sort of tweak the attack because obviously in our game before that against West Ham, it was a different different situation where we had a lot of issues in the final third as well so I, I don't think anyone can begrudge him for for switching it up and even switching it up i think he he basically had that same attack in the second half against west ham to be honest um in the 10 johnson out wide on the right son on the left and Richardson through the middle obviously we were playing against a team that were actually interested in winning the game of football and not just coming there and parking the two seven nine the one four nine the three four nine so it was definitely interesting to see, but let's let's actually get into the game, right? Um, Ash, I'll come to you on this, right? Because I think, obviously, naturally, I think you've been probably one of the more reserved people when it came to predicting Spurs to get results. But what was your take on our performance in the first half against Newcastle? I thought I
3: thought it was really I thought it was really good. I thought um, I thought there was intention. You could kind of you could kind of feel the intensity straight away to, to come into this game. Put everything that's happened in the past behind us and just go out there and get the result. Obviously, Newcastle had chances. Um, Newcastle had their chances early on in the game, right? They had that one where Ben Davies made a brilliant, uh, brilliant recovery um, uh, to get that deflection. I think it ended up hitting Isa, but yeah, he did well there. I thought we, we we carried on doing what we did. We took the game to them created chance after chance after chance and just kept on hammering at them until the, until it opened up, until they opened up. So I will, you know, I was, I, for me personally, looking at the lineup, I wasn't too, um, I wasn't too concerned. Cause obviously I know that Newcastle are a team that liked to come out. So Kuliseski would have had a bit of fun down that side. Um, I wasn't really too fussed about Richie starting. Um, I think I've made my thoughts known on Brian Hill. I don't think he's, um, I don't think he's finding um, finding a good rhythm at the moment on that side. Um, for me, it was uh, I wasn't too fast on whether Son was playing centrally or out wide because if it wasn't working, either him or Richie could just swap. So it's not really a big deal. Um, but yeah, I like the way we went about our business. We didn't let the um, media narratives and and all that talk get to them. They went out there, they did their job, and. Uh, one uh, one reason why i'm i'm i am ha- uh, i'm particularly happy about this result um one one thing i will say i think that's one of our better performances this season and secondly that's one of the uh convincing wins we've had this season because a lot of the other wins have part i think apart from burnley i don't think we wise. i don't think we've had many convincing wins today uh, sorry against newcastle we went out there got the job done battered them and the scoreland the line reflected the performance
4: and, yeah, really happy with that result, man. Fair, fair, man. I, I think it's... it's, it's. Um, I get your point as well, in terms of, like, it's not been convincing in, from a scoreline perspective. And you're right, because I think, to Andrew's point, and he spoke about this in the lead-up to Newcastle game, we've let a lot of teams off the hook this season. I'll be real. Like, we, we don't get it twisted. We've had our luck sometimes, but we have... We've left a lot of goals on that pitch um, in a lot of games we've played this season. And you could probably even say the same with the Newcastle game, and which, which is mad considering we beat them 4-1. And you can actually say legitimately, like, Newcastle are lucky. They, they didn't get hit for, like, eight or nine goals. But um, Owen, I'm going to come to you on this, man. I, I want to talk on one of the shining lights in our team this season. Um, to be honest, I'm running out of players to pick to fit this, to fit this uh, role. But I want to talk on Destiny. Obviously, Destiny got the first goal. Um good play from him to switch the ball to Sun and then the run into the box. Talk to me about how Destiny played in this game and then talk to me about just our fullbacks and their importance to this system under Antropostocogli.
0: Yeah, I was I was starting to get the impression that the uh the underlapping fullbacks might have a, a short expiry date with uh teams being able to cut on, but we saw last season um with Udinese, like destiny would come in field quite a lot and that's where he got a lot of his joy and just being able to one get on the front foot and make sure he continues winning the ball of the pitch was he coming back into the team after his injury like that's how he started off the season so well that was it's a big picture of his game and then always attacking space in behind as well like yes he's very very tidy and build up and that's almost a given from him now, but just continuing to then have the energy, not just to keep on chasing back, but to tap that space in behind, especially when you've got someone like Son out on the left wing who isn't very good with his ISO package. He still has that one move in his locker, which is the step over onto his left foot, which somehow Trippier wasn't able to read, but um, we'll get into that. But yeah, like when you've got someone like Son, at wide, who is quite limited in his ISO moves, you have to just at least give him the option to, even if it's a decoy, just keep on making those runs in behind to create that space, and then he managed to get on the end of one of the passes to open the scoring, but more often than not, like if he's not in a scoring opportunity we've seen him getting really great areas for cutbacks as well, and just that energy and being able to at least carry the ball when he has to like it just sticks to his feet anyway like there's just so much in his locker so yeah we're very lucky to have him and uh without waffling too much i'm just glad we've managed to tie him down Pause.
4: yeah we'll, we'll we'll speak on his contract later and just just his profile playoff because i, I do think that's definitely probably that's i feel like that's a masterstroke by Spurs to be honest looking at the type of player he is at the moment like that looks like it's gonna to prove to be like an insane bit of business, especially at the price we've got him at as well. But we'll talk on. We'll talk on. He that even did on.
3: very well mm-hmm. in in the build up to that goal because there was a yeah. moment where he actually shielded the ball very well from one of the Newcastle players. Can't remember who it was. Mm-hmm. Turned, uh, did a nice turn, got the ball up the sun, got in the box and put it away. So yeah, man, very good bit yeah. play from him.
4: He's a proper player. He's a proper player. Um, Tops, I want to come to you on this as well, because obviously we we did the pod last week. Um, bitterly disappointed with our attack and most importantly, bitterly disappointed with the inability of our team to sort of press ahead with our advantage and go and consolidate our lead um, in the home matches we had played up, up until um, that point where we recorded. Um, talk to me about obviously the second goal we scored, uh, courtesy of your boy, Um, I think it was Richarlison, was it not Richardson? Yeah, it was Richarlison, yeah. Second goal courtesy of Richarlison and then just the importance of us getting that goal just before half-time.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, to be honest with you, it was uh, kind of similar to the first one. Obviously, um, Son suddenly got back, in, back into his dribbling package and honestly, I didn't think I'd ever see that part, that part of his game um, since he was moved forward. And to be honest with you, he got a little bit of luck by the time he was able to dribble, sort of dribble past um the trippier, um, who he pretty much gave the run around in that first half. But to be honest, like like we said last week, you know, I've never I've never really been worried about the creation of chances, the provision of chances to the forward guys. It is always about how decisive and incisive the forwards were. And to be honest with you, one of the things I really did like as well, which obviously was very clear with the first and second goals, was actually even when we do find our, find ourselves in attacking sort of areas in the flanks, even in the box, there's a number of guys that are waiting. You know, if a doggy hadn't scored that first one, <clears throat> someone behind him would have maybe tapped that in. If Richarlison hadn't scored that one, I'm pretty sure there was someone right behind him. There was another chance even that Kulusevsky had had, had driven somewhere on the left, in that left sort of channel and um, crossed it or sort of like tried to squeeze it in and it went kind of just in front of Richarlison's head and son was... Was local as well, so that's that's maybe something that they maybe have worked on. Um, I I really liked uh, how uh, Richardson really did keep his position. Um, in as those cutbacks were coming, and he was clearly, um, in a, a motivated sort of way, uh, feeling kind of positive because, um, he did create not only chances for himself but also he was very, um, useful in his positioning to to be there for that second goal. So, and obviously, as we know, we've been struggling a little bit. Um, getting that second goal to kind of stamp our authority on the game, and also just take advantage of the um, of the amount of possession and pressure that will, that we're creating, right especially yeah. in the first half at the moment.
1: Can I just yeah. say, Trippier, Trippier was doing like his best Sean Paul uh, impression, doing upon the river yeah <laughs> never seen, i've never seen two racially ambiguous guys do that dance so i, I was quite tickled <laughs> by that Can't lie.
4: nah he got cooked he got cooked like turkey on thanksgiving man oh my days he got cooked I and mean, i think he was hung out to dry to be honest by by his team because it was clear to see that we were attacking his side quite a lot um and they just didn't do anything to to stop it a son ate twice thank you very much from kieran trippier he ate twice ripped them up and and we we scored two goals but si, I want I wanted to get your thoughts on obviously son um not just son but richarlison as well but mainly son because I I do feel like and we spoke about it during the week son on his his leadership this season on the pitch and off the pitch man because he spoke he spoke he, he didn't hide from responsibility after the West Ham game he said he said look I'll take responsibility we we didn't put away the um our we didn't turn our dominance into into goals. We're gonna rectify against Newcastle, et cetera, et cetera. And as far as what you want from a captain, I think he delivered a virtuoso performance against Newcastle, in my opinion, man. But talk to me, man. And then talk to me on Richarlison, of course. And and where Amazing. you where you see Richarlison um within the context of our squad over the next coming weeks, especially with Sun Leaving as well.
1: Yeah, I think with 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 Sun, I, I, I can now firmly say hand on heart that I don't think I've I've appreciated a captain as much as Hung Min Sun since Lebley King. And that, that's God's honest truth. Um I feel like his demeanour, his attitude, all of these things like are very clear to see that he not only loves the club but loves the people around him and appreciates the situation and opportunity that we've given him over the years Mm -hmm. but further than that it's 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 crazy because realistically i think i feel like even even if i am to make this a little bit more humorous i'd rather have a guy military trained as our captain than a guy that would (laughs) sacrifice his kids stop stop it man (laughs) <laughs> so, so I'm looking at son, I'm looking at son and I'm like, not only is he iconic, he's transcendent, and he's also just the guy on the football pitch. Like he's just the guy. Like him saying Sorry. you know who I am is like the litest shit I've ever seen, and it's just translating week in, week out at the minute. Mm. <laughs> and he doesn't sacrifice the kids. Oh. Like, so that's not Charleston Man said military train. So what he shoot, shooting on, shooting on and off the pitch, yeah, oh, hey, all over <laughs> the place. And I know you've seen in the crowd. I know you've seen. I know you see who come to see son in the crowd. <laughs> you, you, shooting on the front.
4: <laughs> hey, my <laughs> captain. My captain. <laughs> nah, man, son. Son was like I was. I was really proud to have him as our captain. On, on. I've been proud all season to be honest, but Sunday was like a timely, another timely reminder. Like this guy has been. It's it, it's annoying because it's like, there's been so many important players for Spurs this season, but he yeah. has, he's really, even in games where he's not playing well, like he's still, he doesn't hide. And I think that's the one thing I've appreciated from Son this season. He is not hiding in good times and in bad times. He's not hiding. Um,
1: 100%. And I think, I think to, to, to pivot to the second part of the question, I think moving him out to the left-hand side, which has been a, uh a, a an area of a lot of frustration especially over the last few games mm. i feel like it just it just vindicates the fact that whatever the system requires if you have someone like a son or a kulisovsky and madison eventually when he comes back that versatility will overcome some of the uh, shortcomings in the squad depth in my in my honest opinion like being able to maximize the few the few indicators that pigeon is actually a competent footballer is going to be massively important over this period of time because having someone who is a consistent outlet on that left-hand side allows other areas of the the pitch to operate a lot better so we saw Adogi in the lead up for the for the first goal basically doing striker hold up play and those are positions that traditionally you would have seen a in or a son when he is uh, playing up, up front. And obviously, Richarlison wasn't in that spot. So I think I think when when you look at the details, Sun has really like in this game shown how competent he is and how his skill set can ultimately facilitate someone mm-hmm. like Pigeon who has deficiencies in his game. And credit to the lad, he scored two goals. Uh, the second one was was a little bit of a dodgy one. Uh, the touch was a bit spooky, but very, very spooky. Well. He looked like one of those Trafalgar Square pigeons that has a chewing gum stuck to his foot. It's like <laughs> the touch was just all over the place. So yeah, very but, again, credit to him and, and yeah, he got two goals, which is more of an indictment on Newcastle than... Uh, Do you know, it's
3: funny you say that because I was saying that at the time, that touch was spooky,
2: man. Baggy as hell, man. I don't know, know what the bracket hell, what the doing.
4: He, the, the is doing. The touch was brazy, like absolutely brazy mm-hmm. touch. Mm-hmm. And he just stood there and just watched him just continue to try and get the ball. And I'm, I'm just like, just go and smother the ball. But thank you Anyway. The Bravka, but Ash, we may as well stick on Richarlson, right? Because Sai is obviously saying about how, like, we can sort of, like, squeeze the the, the remnants of competence in, in his game, right, in the weeks to come. And we're going to need that because, obviously, Sun goes off on military duty, not military duty. He goes off on he goes on to play for South Korean Cup. It might I'm as well be military
3: game. duty to be it honest. might as well be.
4: It might as well be. Yeah. Um obviously he goes Wait, off. So, to play he's a, he's a,
3: correct me if I'm wrong, but is he only missing like three games?
4: More than potentially more than that. He's gonna be missing quite a few. If they because if I imagine they'll go quite far. Right. Um. And we've got a
3: break. Remember that, the Prem. Yeah, but
4: it's only for one week. It's only for one week. So I I imagine he'll be gone for pretty much the whole month of January. To be honest. Yeah. So he's gonna miss around probably like four Premier League matches, um, plus two Um, FA Cup. Two FA Cup games. Yeah. 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 So if um, if we if we run I'm just gonna check this now. Yeah. Exactly. If we if we go through, but just more on Richarlison. Right. Um. I feel like we saw we saw obviously on top of the goals i think a lot of people appreciated the 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 off the ball work that richarlison put in against yeah. newcastle like winning He even
3: won the ball back for the, for the first goal yeah so, yeah yeah literally yeah, like, it, no it listen it wasn't a typical richarlison wasn't a um typical Richardson <laughs> performance um do you know what it is yeah like i heard this i heard his interview um where he was talking about how um, the injury held him back quite a lot, and he, sh- you know, was struggling. He, uh, he would, sh- he would even struggle to shoot because of the, the pain in his groin. So, these kind of things, obviously, we don't hear about behind. Uh, we don't really hear about what goes on behind the scenes. So, mm-hmm. I can understand how something like that can can hinder someone. But now, going forward, you've had your surgery. You yourself have come out and said that I'm fine now. I'm not in any pain. Uh, whereas previously, he was saying that he was playing through a lot of pain. And I get that it does affect people. But now, yeah, you got to rise it now. Pause. But yeah, now he's got to like... step up to the plate. So now there's no excuses. You're you're pain free. You're injury free. So let's see what you can do. But yeah, that that was that that was a good performance. So hopefully he can continue that. Um, With Son out, um, I think he's probably going to stay central. Brian Hill will come in. So yeah, man, let's yeah. let's see if he can continue. But yeah, it was a good, yeah. it was a good way to to a good way to to get back into the team. Good performance. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, we need need more of those goals and I'm with Jay Spurs on this, Brian. I think with with Richarlison now, it's now got to a point where it's like seeing is believing, right? Because we heard this, we heard something similar in the summer about the, obviously, I don't want to downplay mental health and stuff, right? But I feel like with Richarlison, the performances have been so bad that you're actually going to need to prove to us on the pitch rather than off the pitch that Mm. this was circumstantial, right? Son came out in the summer and said, Oh, he had a hernia issue. Um, that really affected him last season. Obviously, we know about the tactical setup under Conte and his poor form that led to, to him having a bad season. But as you see in this season where he's playing a bit freer without without any sort of injury that he has to carry, you can you can see in the performances. So I want a similar impact from... from, I want to see a similar impact from Richarlison. Obviously, like,
3: for me, I still have... Obviously, for me, I still have reservations about him as a player, right? But based on, like, now and what we have in our squad, yeah, let's just hope that he can... He can step up to the plate. I still got my reservations, but we'll
4: see what happens. Yeah, I think everyone will. No one's no one's gonna be <laughs> nobody's gonna be doing a U-turn on a Charleston because he bagged two goals against Newcastle. Oh no,
1: nah, no man, mate. No, no, no. All, all I'm saying is that excuse that excuse can run when you score a brace yeah but last week he, he missed the guilt edge chance for us to go ahead head around the back Bro. post. Next year, you're gonna be like oh man needs neck surgery. Oh I'm playing through pain my neck is hurting it's like fuck out of here man like <laughs> man. excuses. Mm. No it? two goals. Against,
2: no two goals against. No uh destroyed uh, Newcastle team is changing my opinion on this brother. But
4: guys, I think we need to also celebrate the fact that he's finally scored goals with his feet. And That's he, embarrassing. That is job. embarrassing. Exactly.
3: That is embarrassing. <laughs> he finally scored
4: goals you with have his feet.
3: <laughs> has been in for eighteen months.
4: How Yeah, like eighteen oh, months, bro.
3: Eighteen months. Yeah. <laughs> And it's taking you eighteen months to score <laughs> a goal with your f- with your feet, bro. <laughs> hey, hey,
0: his,
1: his feet must be more pristine than tops in Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: hey, hey, man, man. <laughs> <laughs> listen. Now uh, I'm gonna come to you next on this, man, because um, there were some big performances for us. Obviously, second half, second half. Um, I think it's fair to say, uh. I, I can, We've we've seen we really saw the benefit of Spurs consolidating on their on their early advantage in the first half because I think in the games gone by where we go one and up we wouldn't we wouldn't get the second and it would still give teams an inkling. You saw Aston Villa, all it took was one set piece despite us dominating. They're back into the game, um, and then you saw it for I can't remember who else we played West Ham. West Ham, we let it, we let it stay at one nil and we got punished, but. Newcastle going into the break tuning up and coming back out it gave us a big advantage because i mean it drew the opposite it drew the opposition onto us even more and the last thing you want to do is is give spurs even more space than you did in the first half and i felt like in the second half it was just open season and i think that should be the blueprint for for, for <coughs> how we' can be playing at home so we can actually pick teams off early on but i want to get your view on on the second half, the the, the attacking, um, the counter-pressing. I, I want you to talk on Sa and Cooley, um, especially Sa, because I thought he was, he was magnificent. Against I, thought he was, I thought he was brilliant.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are the two names I was thinking of as you were going through that, to be fair. So, yeah, that was good. Um, Sa coming back in, like, I genuinely forgot. Um, I didn't completely forget, but I forgot to a large extent just what his impact was on our side, just his obviously being able to put out fires off the ball and having that awareness and anticipation is, is so, so good and just his, his decision making when he's receiving the ball, especially under pressure, is really mature it's weird, like he's always aware of what's around him, where pressure is coming from, he always receives the ball pulls, uh, at, like the right angle, he always makes the good well, more often than not, most of the time makes the the, um, the better choice when it comes to receiving, even if it is just popping it off to someone near him. The way he resisted pressure from, like, Lewis Miley when he was in our own box or Anthony Gordon, like, right down the right wing, he just – he's more than comfortable just breezing past someone and just carrying it out under pressure. Like, it's – really a breath of fresh air, especially when you consider what Hoiberg's weaknesses are, um, and then you've got Kulisevsky, where, you know, it was mentioned earlier that, okay, it doesn't need to come inside to be impactful, but I think it's really helped him um, just have that freedom of choice. Like you, um, you and Tops alluded to his weaknesses and what he was doing wrong on last week's pod. And a lot of them are very valid points, broken down really well. He just looked too predictable. But him being able to be smart enough to just pick up um, the positions he needs to, and he was everywhere. Like he was having the freedom of choice to even go inside on that left-hand side quite a lot and just, just picking up positions where he would always have options around him, even if he needed to just decoy someone just to take an extra second. And then by virtue of that, he was really he seemed a lot more decisive in his actions rather than just taking mm-hmm. an extra touch or hesitating i even saw him take a shot from like 25 yards out with his right foot yeah really good like in previous goals. games as well like he's not even shooting like on his left foot when he's much nearer to goal so
3: mm-hmm.
0: both saw and kuliszewski um as previously mentioned as well from what i thought they did well they counter kind of pressing him he's really good and Really and truly, I think they were both key, as well as Poro, um, in just taking that game by the scruff of the neck and long may continue to have Zorozevsky. I think he needs to <laughs> brand that like Ossiman now, just with the mask. So, yeah, he <laughs> was
4: his, his post match press conference, right? He was he was saying, Yeah, like he did you see, um, first of all, he put an Instagram post and he put future mask off with a photo of him wearing the mask, and then he was talking about how he liked. How he, how he like wearing the mask during the game, but listen, I we we, we had the conversation on Koleszewski, and like we spoke about it. obviously, sign and Yao like put me straight as well. And, and watching the game back as well, like I felt like I was just it just it didn't sit right with me saying what I said about him in the game because it's like watching it back, I'm like this guy's actually created a ton of chances, and when you actually deep, whose responsibility it was to pick him up from Newcastle, bruv. Uh, Bruno Gamaris. Were you not originally
3: happy with his
4: performance? No, I wasn't. I wasn't happy with his performance, bro. Um, but looking back at it, like he actually was one of our most dangerous players. And I think that's a common theme with Kulisewski this season. Whether he's having a good game, whether he's having a poor game, he's always the guy who's in and around the most dangerous parts of our game. And and in the second half, especially, like Bruno Gomaris was chasing shadows. Like it was, and I think to him and Saar's credit. Mainly his credit as well. His combination play is really good. Like I feel like wherever mm. you put him on a football pitch, he really finds a way to connect with people, give and goes. It's awesome. <coughs> I, I think, know you had a bit to talk.
1: Yeah, I think I think that that's 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 pretty much like the narrative that I need to dispel now that I'm back. Because for me, I'm hearing a lot about Kulisewski's effectiveness, and I'm starting to realize that most of it is down to stats. I mean, if you if you look at expected assists. For top 10 uh, players in the Premier League, Kulishevsky's temp with 3.48, which is more than what James Madison put up. But Madison's got four more assists than man. So if if guys are finishing their dinner, then stuff looks a lot different for Kulishevsky. And we saw mm-hmm. it in this game in particular. Brennan, Brennan hits the post on probably the best move of the game. Uh, Son missed the chance at the back post, which would have been the other one that constituted as a big miss. So, skip.
4: Again, I'll skip, I'll- like. Oh no! Yeah, it was Sananskip skip. Sun and skip.
2: Yeah,
1: precisely. So, and even
2: so, Richarlison so, as well. Even, even in the first half. Yeah. So it's
1: so it's like if 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 you look at this game in isolation, his whole season statistically would have looked a lot different reading on paper because the expected assists would have been aligned with the amount of assists that he's actually created. He's yeah. what number eleven or something like that in terms of big chances created this season with six, which again is the same as Madison. So it's like. Obviously, Madison was playing out of this world, probably probably the the standout performer across the Premier League. But if we're looking at what they're doing on a football pitch, there's not that much dissimilarity. We're, we're, we're just, I think we're a little bit conditioned to almost expect certain things from your wide forwards that maybe don't always align with the role that they're being asked to do. And even even if we mention uh, someone else that was mentioned during this game, Pedro Porro, Porro is doing all the things that he hasn't been doing as well been calling in the group chat for him to be the the person who switches to play, the person who looks to break lines in situations where we're in transition or when things start getting a little bit more congested. And we're starting to see all of the, all of the roles sort of come into maturation process and that, that's seeing great performances from Sun. We're seeing Dogi, Saar, Poro, Kulusevsky all in one game, putting up arguably their best performances of the season. So, yeah, man! Shout out to those guys, and shout out to Ange for sticking to his guns.
3: I was going to say that about poor. I mean, this was one of the games where, for me, poor really stepped up as one as one of the main creators in this side. Yeah, right. Today, uh, he, he's done. He's shown, you know, shot. He's shown glimpses of it in other games, but this was a game where he really stepped up and and was was taken taken
4: that role on by himself so yeah that was probably his, probably his best performance of the season as well mm, i wanted to to, to, to to actually brief to broach on that topic as well tops and i know we spoke about it with destiny but i think we need to shine a, another spotlight on on poro as well man because i think obviously like to size to size point stats on everything but statistically he's now level on assists with with madison in the league this season but beyond the assists um He is becoming um, a good source of chance creation and and ball progression when he plays that inverted role. So what's your Mm -hmm. assessment on Pedro Porro this season?
2: I think he's been quietly excellent. Um, I think he's been quietly excellent. Like if you look at his player profile in terms of what we we bought and what we thought we were getting and then actually compare it to what we got initially, um, there were some really spooky performances and uh, for a long period, actually, I was looking at the relationship between him and Romero kind of disin- disintegrating because the rate at which these guys were allowing teams to get at us and the ease at which they were allowing teams to get at us was alarming. I, I'll be honest with you, it was alarming. And um, as we moved into the new season with with Ange, and um, obviously we know how he likes to use his uh, inverted fullbacks, I was apprehensive. I'm not going to lie. I didn't see enough defensively. And although I do know that, you know, with the kind of, um, the player profile that he is, I do feel that there was opportunities for him to be a better fullback, but honestly, I didn't, I never thought I would see some of the performance that, performances that he's playing, uh, well, some of the performances that he has produced for us this season. Um, he seems to make really, really good decisions in the final third. He's really locked up his defensive ability, um, Couple weeks in a row now, he's given Doku a really good time, a really hard time. Um, He's given uh, Aaron Gordon a really hard time, and when he is in the middle third, he is extremely good at receiving the ball on the half turn. He's extremely good at receiving the ball um, in between lines, but he's also the ones making those passes um, to the to the Kulusevskis, to the Suns, um, to the Sars, Uh, and obviously now he's starting to add on top of. Um, his in, improved defensive work starting to add statistical output which is like important like now we look we actually look to him to try and create and help us um, you know improve our dynamism incisiveness decisiveness in the final third and honestly um, I think quietly he's been one of the best performers our, people talk about him as being the, one of our most improved performers um, because I think where he started last season was was quite low but I think in terms of performances and performers consistent throughout the season he's been one of my most positive
4: yeah he's been he's been he's been he's been pretty impressive man um and I, obviously I, I after the after this pod i'm actually going to share this excel with you because i want you guys to help populate your player ratings for some of the games that um we've not tracked so because i want to keep a running total of this because at the end of the season i want to review it just to see how these players have fared right but poro has been one that's actually stood out for me in a lot of games. I think, to be fair, even last season, when he was horrendous um, from a defensive standpoint, he always had the stats. Like, I think he got, like, three goals, three assists last year. Mm -hmm. So he had, like, six GNA in, like, 13, 14 appearances. So I was never really too worried about the stats. It's just more about, to Sai's point, about, like, how these players are maturing in their role. Like, him taking more responsibility in the ball to be... Someone who can create dangerous situations for Spurs, even if it doesn't culminate in a goal, the fact that you're able to do this at a fairly consistent clip is what's most important to me. Because if you can do that, then the stats, the stats are just second nature at that point in time. But before we move on to Destiny's new contract, I, I, I want to circle back on Saar for the right and the wrong reasons. Because obviously, we made a sub and made a sub in the second half. Obviously, Saar went off, standing ovation. Hoyer came mm-hmm. on, and bruv, that goal is still pissing me off today. But I want us to talk about how in the space of four or five months, Saar has proven what most men in the NSO knew last season, which is that like he is an infinite upgrade on Hojbjerg, like at both ends. And you see you see when Saar plays in the team, you see better performances from Basuma. You see the likes of Pedro Porro having a bit more licence to do what he wants to do because you have someone who you can rely on with and without the board. The guy barely puts a foot wrong. I think Yao, Yao was on the main pod saying how he stars his, his player of the season. And I'm not even, I think you could give that to a couple of players. It's
3: definitely
4: a convo. It's a conversation. It's a conversation because he is so integral to what we do. Especially, especially, especially
3: if we're talking board. consistency, it's definitely a conversation.
4: Yeah, talk on it, man. Talk on it. I want to. I want to. I want to hear. It. I want. I want some some praise for Simon. Go on. And I
3: think even, he, I think even as kind of each game goes on, the understanding between him and Poro is developing a lot, and even their chemistry as just as a pair, you can see they get along well with each other. And yeah, like I said, when we talk about consistency, he's default. Default. I mean, I I remember that I I was there in Milan. Um, uh, at the San Siro, I was there, right? Yeah. And I remember w- watching that performance and I was just bewildered that Conte hadn't used this profile more. And you could see in that game what he brought to the table, which Hojberg hasn't been hasn't been bringing.
4: Yeah.
3: And there's been many games this season where either Saar will come off. Uh, more, uh, a lot of the time, Saar is the one that substituted. And Hojberg comes on and then instantly you can see the drop instantly It's staring at you in the face and then bro like that's it, that moment yeah was it I think he uh he had poor old and he literally chose the worst option available literally well,
4: the, the worst he had, like, option two, two three options bro he had like two three options he and he had just two passed
3: options the best one was job. probably poor give it to poor or poor probably uh hit it long right and he just you're trying to pass it through two uh through two Newcastle plays in oh, I just man honestly man I think-
1: I think the, the 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 easiest way for me to sum up uh Hoibie versus SAR is maybe at the start of the season when everyone was going through and praising praising our side, I was like, hold up on putting Sar as like a a certified starter because there's there needs to be a wider catalogue of evidence to say that his decision making and all of the things that we're seeing in, in small glimpses are actually the real deal. Whereas now Hoybier looks like the youth prospect. Yeah. Like the decision making yeah. is atrocious. He plays like a child. Is glory ball or death is literally the 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 conundrum with Hoybier. It's like he was in a position where the left back should be as a centre midfielder. And people wonder why Bissouma maybe has struggles when Hoybier is on the pitch because mm-hmm. those are the type of areas you pick up if you have mobility as uh, Owen has pointed out if you have some form of physicality which again is something that Hoybier doesn't have if you're fleet of foot if you're able to scan for danger around you if you have the technical ability to not only wiggle out of danger but also pass the ball over over 5 yards with accuracy right and he even
3: carry the ball like precisely he, he struggles with that
1: and all of these all of these things have been to the detriment of Tottenham Hotspur football club for Pretty much the duration of time that Hoibier has been with us, and yeah. now we're now we're literally relying on on someone who is pretty much has been an uncut diamond all of this time to carry us to the promised land until core comes in. Yeah, the shit's I, done. I for me, yeah, man, it's done. absolutely, absolutely
4: yeah. agree. Absolutely,
2: I have a agree. summer.
4: He's, he's He's not. He's not lasting. He's not lasting.
2: Like, for sure. Just to just just to add as well, um, I I just want to firstly second. A lot of what I said in the previous um, segment about when you look at a player, you know, um, from a statistical output, and I feel like it's super important that you look at players like Kulusevski and Poro. A lot of the reason that a lot of the reasons that we create the chances that we create and play the way we play is because one, we're constantly able to get the ball in the final third and keep it there. We're able to get passes into the box and keep and keep those sort of attacks sort of sustained in that part of the pitch and we'll also find more passes in the final third and i think that's so important especially the way we have players like kulusevsky like poro and obviously sar i've always said this from the beginning that and actually i tweeted i tweeted after the game on sunday that it's actually super important that we're developing lots of little relationships across the pitch because as we do so the how can i put it the fluidity the cohesion between players, the relationship between players, the combinations between players, it becomes a lot easier and people start to suddenly do things that almost feels uh, like innately natural to them. And as they do that, it almost feels like everything fits into place. Even when there were moments when Kulisewski was playing as that eight and Poro was next to him and Saar was um, in his usual running eight sort of role, you kind of still felt as well that the three of them had a, a really good combination, really good connection. And I think I saw a stat as well that in like the 12 games or 13 games that Saar has been in the team as well, I think we've only lost one and the remaining 12 we've won. You know, so he's clearly super, super integral to the to the way in which we are playing. Sorry, not one but we were unbeating in I think 12 out was, of the 13
1: Was the one that
2: start. we lost, Chelsea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I think lots of these different the things must are starting to work to our advantage and actually we're starting to see the benefit of having players playing consistently together uh, but also positively and it's so obvious and so like glaring when players like Heuberg are then put in some of these roles and you can just immediately see the disconnect between some of the guys in the team. Mm.
4: Mm. I mean uh. I, I, I definitely agree. I think team dynamics is is important, especially um, when we have all of our players available. But I also feel like, in a way, um, even with players like Hoyby as well, we've been able to really see the strength of the managers, the managers' um, system and tactical acumen, because we've still been able to play some really good stuff in the absence of big hitters, man. Bentoncourt, Madison. Obviously, Romero's come back into the team, but even before he came back into the team, saw him missing, we've still been able to see some good combination play. We've still been able to see Spurs maintain territorial dominance um, against some of the teams that they've played as well. So, I want to move on to actually contract talk, man, because we it's been it's been a pretty good week for us, man. Destiny obviously signing that new contract, um, which expires in twenty thirty. He is he is on that defer contract. We've got a bold Knight, aka Daniel Levy, who slapped that contract on his head um, just before that that um, Premier League rule came into effect as well. Um, guys, let's 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 talk, man. Um, what does this contract mean uh, within the context of destiny at Spurs, and where do you see this player um, ending up in a Spurs shirt in the years to come in terms of his stature outside of um, in just globally? Uh, anyone can answer this question.
0: Yeah, I mean, for what it means for us, I don't think it's anything that new, to be fair. Like, when we were kind of hitting that strand of the Pochettino, we managed to get deals for players like Kane, Deli, and Dyer. So, I think it's just a case for me as for, for just learning from our previous mistakes. And if it comes to a point where we may have not hit our, our like top aspirations as a club and the team comes in for like, stupid money, then maybe we'd have to consider it, but it's a case of, I guess, see where we are at the time, but at the same time where I think it's really really good and nothing new with us getting the doggy on this new long-term contract, I saw the, the list of what the players um, wages were a few days ago and seeing what mm-hmm. SAR was on um, I just hope we just continue the same theme and get other young players new contracts, starting with SAR next yeah, I think also yeah. Uh,
4: go on, Ash. It's, the, go on.
3: Um, it's it's
0: good because you
3: you know that these players are believing that they can achieve something here, and they're believing in the project. Because, mm. bro, I, I've seen his agent make comments before. His agent's got a pretty big mouth, yeah, and yeah. So for me, it's 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 a it's it's a refreshing. So it's to to kind of you know tell us that these these players are really believing in this manager, in, in what this team can potentially achieve in the next four to five years. Right? So, yeah, important. Got to get a few other guys tied down. Sars, so one of them. And yeah, man. But it's good to see that the belief is there and that these players 100%. actually believe that. 100%.
4: It something in. And it's a domino effect in a good way, right? Because if uh, Destiny's Destiny's a gem, right? He's—I he, think he's. A lot of people are beginning to realize how good this guy is, right? And um, if we can see it, the players must see it. And if if the the younger players like your stars can see, oh, Destiny, you've tied yourself down. Yeah, you believe in it. I'm with it. I believe in it. I'm going to tie myself down, and it and it spreads. That that's the type of attitude that we want spreading amongst the team. And I think Antipasto alluded to that um, when he was reacting to the news of Destiny signing a new deal, right? Because you want you want these guys committed to the cause, right? And if they believe in what the manager is doing, then it will give them a um, more of a reason to execute his instructions on the football pitch, which is, to be honest, the opposite that we had with Antonio Conte last season. I don't think any of the players truly believed um, in what they you were can being asked the, to You
3: could see it in the performances. You can see
4: it in the yeah. performances. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And like, to, to your point, Owen, as well, obviously, I think I was going to ask this question anyway, but I think you, answer, you sort of answered it. I think players that we want to see sign up on new contracts next. So, SARS, the obvious one, we know we need to get him tied down. Fabrizio's mentioned that he's next up on the list. So, um, we're hoping that should be good news in the next couple of weeks and months. But are there any other players that you guys think should be sort of next up in terms of contract renewal?
0: And also, any- before
4: you answer this, before you answer this, are there any. Players that you saw on that list that you were just like, oh, why are you still in that list? Because there were, <laughs> there, there were a couple for me. There were a couple. Come on, me. man. We so, know, man.
2: man. We know, man. Come on, man.
4: Yeah, say them, say them, say them. But give me the good players first before the bad. Yeah.
3: In terms of like current renewals, um, I probably say Son. Right, Son. Yeah. Um, I think his is in the next two eighteen years, months. Is it?
4: Eighteen oh, yeah, months. I think got.
3: yeah. Son, Son, yeah. Son will, uh, Son will get a one or two year extension. Um for me I think Romero, um, because I'm pretty sure he's got two or f- three, three years left.
4: So he signed his deal was made permanent at the start of last season and it was what like yeah. a five or six year contract. So a, I, think he probably, year I would say maybe like a year, another year away from getting okay. A... Yeah,
3: maybe another year. Um I think Benton Core um Yeah.
4: That was that was who I was Indicating yeah. to be honest, I need us to sign him up on a new deal right. ASAP.
1: Can I say something a little bit uh, unpopular? Maybe son, yes, son, and Ben Davies have the same contract length, and I wouldn't be mad at both of them getting new deals.
3: I like, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad at both getting. Uh, our two of uh, sons, uh, no brainer, but Ben Davies, as long as we sign another centre back, right? I don't have a problem. And, and do you know what it is with Ben Davies, right? firstly I want to big him up right because I feel that since he's coming to the side he's he has he, he's he's been good I thought he was very good against Newcastle right he has been good mm. right and you know this doesn't take away from 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 all the previous years but he's he's coming and he's done a job and one thing I rate about him is he's always committed and he's always professional right so like I si said I ain't got a problem if he gets a new one year extension or whatever but as long I as know, like I said as long as we <laughs> As long as we do what we
4: need to do, then, yeah, it's not a problem, man. Uh, Me, personally, I feel like we should be looking to upgrade on Ben Davies. However, to you guys' point, right, if the squad building takes shape in the areas that we needed to take shape, i.e. centre-back, midfield, etc., then there's no issue having a steady Eddie like Ben Davies, right?
2: That's what I'm saying. If he's fourth-trade centre-back, I I don't mind. I'm not particularly mad at it. I mean, to be honest with you, he is only 30. Um, he has come in and actually, I, saw, I think I saw a video of Fraser Forster being asked um, who was the most, um, who was he most impressed with in the in the squad as a player, and he ended up saying Ben Davis was the most professional, the most hardworking, came in coming comes into training looking to improve himself every single week, and he is. I think next summer he will be a centurion at Spurs as well.
1: I, I, f- um, I think yeah. it's massively important to have uh, cultural staples. An amongst yeah. your side and if they might not be the biggest personalities but having guys that are respected from a pro- professionality standpoint and also uh are pretty low maintenance you don't have to give ben davis a big deal you just give him something that tides him over for the last the last significant portion of his career and then he in mm-hmm. in, in some some regards just becomes like a elder statesman almost like a captain outside of the uh, ones that wear the armband, almost like a Udonis Haslam from Miami Heat type of vibe where you just have someone who ages with the maturation of, of some of the players that are also uh, stalwarts to the club. And there's no harm, no foul. I feel like some of your squad spots should be for guys who maybe are on within the, the immediate squad rotation, but sit just outside of it that you know you can rely on if if emergency calls and Ben Davis fits that profile
3: for me. He he knows his role as well. He accepts his role. He knows exactly.
2: His role. Mm.
3: Whereas, get rid of Dyer,
1: please. I don't want it. I, I'm, yeah, I'm tired of it. I mean, I mean, it's uh,
2: I know. I I think Dyer's injured at the moment, but it's it just speaks volume that you have Dorrington uh, on the bench. You have Phillips when he's there. I mean, uh, you have Emerson playing at centre back. So I think. Unfortunately, his time is is, is it's, done it, with Spurs. Davies, Davies is way more adaptable than that. That's the problem,
4: and and okay. um, he's proving that he's just not as much of a bozo as Eric Dyer. Like Ben Davies has his flaws for sure, and um, I wouldn't be hard pressed to be honest if if Spurs said announced next summer that they were selling him. However, the manager has spoken highly about him and the fact that he can play two positions. And I think we even spoke about this in the summer, like you can use him as like an auxiliary fourth option at centre-back. And back then, not knowing that he would actually have to play in that position, like it, it speaks to volumes to the value that he has in our team in comparison to, to Eric Dyer. anyway. But um, I, I think we, I, I wanted to move on. I wanted to move on. I wanted to talk on um, the upcoming opposition that we have uh, Nottingham Forest. Actually, let me check the agenda. I'm trying to see what the points I had. Yeah. Nottingham Forest. Uh Friday. Friday no? night kickoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday yeah. night kickoff. Mm-hmm. Um what are the expectations of this game? Because uh, last time I checked, I thought, what's his name? What's their manager? Steve Cooper. I thought he was meant to be like under pressure. I thought he was meant to be getting sacked. Obviously we um we we did the double over them last season. They've not mm-hmm. been in the best of form. Um but then again, the last time we played them at their ground, they beat us 2-0. Embarrassing cup exit. So what's the, what's the mood in the camp um, amongst you guys with, with regards to this fixture?
3: I think uh, no need for any rotation, right? Um, I think uh, Lo was injured, so it'll probably be Saar, um, Bissouma and Kulu in the middle. Um, and probably, yeah, Johnson. Johnson. Uh, on the right, which is his preferred position, so I would probably see Johnson. I'd, I'd go with Johnson, Son, and then Richie. So I don't think there's any need for anything else. Am I sicko?
4: Am I sicko for itching? Am I sicko for itching for a Brennan Johnson
2: go against his against his boyhood club? <laughs> no, you're not sicko. I need I need that. I, I very much I, I very much point. need that. Very much need that.
0: <laughs> I think Brennan needs it as well. To be fair, just. I think his Newcastle performance reflected someone who kept on taking the easy option as well. So, him having a good performance in a goal while playing out on the right-hand side, yeah, that will give him a good boost, and especially for us going forward, even if it's a hat trick, like some of the comments are going for as well. Yeah, I would love a Brennan hat trick to be honest. To be fair, with with Brennan,
4: it's been it's been an interesting one because, like. I've been frustrated with his decision making, which has been the case, which has been a running theme with our attackers this season outside of Sun. But I think he's actually looked quite dangerous in most of the games he's played for Spurs. And I do think he was quite unlucky not to score against Newcastle. So I feel like if you keep doing what you're doing, eventually your hard work will be rewarded. And I think, and I'm hoping, sorry, that he he notches against his. Against his boyhood club, man, and I, I, I want them buried. To be honest, I know they're not going to get relegated. But he's scored already, Brennan. so it's
3: like it's not like he's like lacking confidence or anything. Do
1: you know what I'm this, All I'm saying is, is there's there's a lot of guys that approach a game like Brennan and the uh, BCM guys in it. So I, I don't have I don't have the most hopes for this guy. <laughs> and I know who you're. You know who I'm referring to, too. But, uh, I don't want I don't want uh, smoke with the touch of gooners this week. Um, BCA.
4: <laughs> BCM Barbie. That's what we're gonna call him, BCM Barbie. Yeah?
1: <laughs> but no, I, I, I don't I don't go into this game expecting anything less than a win, to be honest. Um mm. I think any any anything else other than three points is a big disappointment given the quality that we possess, uh the standard of the opposition, and also the fact that ultimately we need to start racking up points before stars start going away. Like We that, that don't really have an option at this point.
4: Agree, agree. I think me and Topps, we looked at the, the fixtures um, in the, the last pod and I think we've come through the worst of it, obviously, with the Man City, Chelsea, etc., etc. And I think when you look at our fixtures, not just Forest away, but we then have Everton at home, Brighton away, who are not in the best of form at the moment. Not going to be an easy game, but still a game we should be in. Competitive, in, and then we got Bournemouth at home. Bro, I, I oh, saw
3: our, I saw our running uh, our fixtures. Yeah, up until the last month of the season, we've got a very very good run of games. And that last month, there's only like four or I think it's four games. You got is it a Liverpool uh, Liverpool
4: Arsenal at game? home, Liverpool away, Burnley at home, Sheffield United away. But before Arsenal, we played Man City at home. Yes, yeah, so, 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 so
3: yeah, so that was that, That's like the last five games. Yeah. Last
4: five prior six to are that,
3: tough, very tough. Yeah, last five six game. Prior to that, we've got a very favorable uh, uh, runner games. So, bro, I'm expecting us to to really start racking up points now, right? Mm. And even even when e, even when the the guys um, who are going away for the Asia Games and the Afcon, I'm I'm still I'm I'm you know I'm hoping that we, we're still able to. Slayable to pick up points in those games, and hopefully, um, do you know when that what do you know when exactly that period is? Is it mid Jan, end Jan, or the beginning? Um, what for AFCON, or oh, for I think
2: Uh, it's the first, uh, so so AFCON is the it starts in the second week of of Jan and it goes right up until the end of. And then Son is pretty much out for the if his team stays through, he's pretty much out for the whole month. Jan. Really? Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. If, if, if if
2: his team stays through,
3: yeah. I, I was yeah. under the I, I don't know where I, I, can't, I can't remember where I swear, but I was under the impression that Son was only well, all of them collectively would only miss about three or four Premier League nah. Premier League games. Nah.
4: Son Son's gonna Son alone will miss probably will miss. But like the around...
3: guys are only three prem games, right? I remember Salah the other season only missed like three prem games.
4: I think with 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 the Afcon guys, I can't even remember. Did yeah. didn't Egypt? Did Egypt? How far did no? They they made it to the final, didn't they? Yeah, they, they did, made, it, they it, made to it to the it.
3: final. And Salah yeah. only missed like was it three or four games? Ma- something
4: I, like that. I'll double check it. I'll double check it. But yeah, so anyway, I think that totally I, I think
2: that period coincided with. Um, the first, un- the first official unofficial uh, winter break that we had as well.
4: There's still another one this this upcoming season, but we'll see. We need to double check where it lands. But I think more on back on forest. About
3: the, back the in... break,
4: yeah? yeah. Yeah, back on yeah, back on sure forest. Someone days. did. I'm
3: pretty sure I saw somewhere there was a there is a break this season. Yeah.
4: No, yeah. there is. There is. That's what I'm saying. There, there is. There is. There is a break this season. It's the week commencing um the 15th of January. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So I yeah. mean, hopefully by then. Hopefully we get you know one or two plays in the door, and then yeah, let's just see where we we'll see where we are when the time comes.
4: Mm. Um, I'm going to get some score predictions from you guys before we end the pod. What what are we going for for Nottingham Forest? I'll start. I'm going to go for three one to Spurs. Win this game, please. I'm going.
1: I'm
3: going to go for
2: four um, nil. <sighs> wow, I'm going to two nil. I'm going two 0 uh, I just don't see them as much of a goal threat at the moment. And I think we've got l- so much quality in midfield um, for them. So yeah, I'm going for two 0 Sorry,
1: think, um, I'm I'm definitely around the three one. Uh, it's interesting because they are actually better than Chelsea at home. So <laughs> 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 <But> no, three, <laughs> three, first. three Oh months. man! First, first. So,
4: Before we leave, as well, like, Owen, Owen really like. S- like, just sneaked off the pod like a like a thief in the night. He said, sorry, lads, I have to run. But did anyone clock that he was laid down when he was doing the pod?
1: I don't he know was the what was happening. And he, <laughs> <and> <laughs> off the warm-
4: yeah, he was, laid, <laughs> he was <laughs> laid down like he was in a bed. So, boy, <laughs> he's about to... Uh, <laughs> like was about to watch <laughs> boy. And let's just... <laughs> let's just <laughs> <laughs> Let's end the pod now. Let's end the pod now, lads. Uh, thanks for hopping on. It's been a really good pod. Pause, um, man. Been, um... Come on. What do you mean? What's the? <laughs> no, man. No pause. I'm sick of this bullshit. <laughs> thanks for hopping on the podcast. I'm sick of this. <laughs> Did I have to fill it up? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, like why is your
4: head? When you heard "hop," why is your head thinking? <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey listen we know about your weekend plans we know about your weekend
4: uh, plans you not need to chill man you lot need to chill but um, <laughs> for those who are watching as well thanks for tuning in um, make sure you follow us on all socials as well newsperts order one one word on Instagram on Twitter and on TikTok as well make sure you check out the latest uploads, Scott's um, Scott's Staircase as well see who y'all put at the top of the stairs and at the bottom of the stairs so check that out on Instagram and on TikTok yeah um and yeah, we'll be back next week. But until then, take care and peace out. Into the
1: goal. And the on debut, Tongue Ongon has scored the equalizer for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! <laughs> Stephen Burkevine has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh, yeah!